Ain't this what they've been waiting for? You ready? Times like this, to rhyme like this, so I had to grind like that, to shine like this in a matter of my check, my check. This is AK Podcast. Different intro. Y'all tell me what y'all think about the intro. Don't try to give you guys a different intro. Welcome back to the fifteenth episode of the Isaiah K podcast. Um, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. I'm I can't wait. I'm thrilled. I'm very thrilled on how the podcast is doing right now. I love it. I love all you guys support. Um, we got a lot to get into. We're gonna tackle some things. Um we're gonna be, we're gonna tackle a lot of things. Let's start with Antonio Brown. Um A B. Um, Antonio Brown, diva wide receiver, we all know who he is. Uh, I saw them as a big distraction to the Steelers last year. The Steelers had a lot going on last year with the Le'Veon Bell contract holdout situation and then Antonio Brown antics. And it started early in the season when he wasn't getting the ball. He had temper tantrums on the sideline. Very reminiscent to Odell Beckham. Um, but the one thing I can say about Odell Beckham, and I have grown to like him, and yeah, I've been on the Browns' case these past few weeks, but Odell seems a little bit more mature. He seems in a much better place. His head seems in in a better space. He's still going to be Odell, but he just seems like in a, he's in a better space. Antonio Brown, um, he was a big distraction from the Steelers, and this is what the Steelers didn't want. They didn't. They didn't no longer want. They don't care. They didn't care if he provided fifteen hundred receiving yards and twelve touchdowns. That 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 those numbers. That's great. It hasn't won them a Super Bowl. It's barely won them playoff games. It get. It didn't get into the playoffs last year. It. They were tired of the headache. They were. They were just tired of the headache. No matter how good he was, they were tired of the headache, and that. That that what we saw last year, them not the Steelers being not like being one of the most undisciplined teams in the league, having distractions every other week, and don't get me wrong, Big Ben's a part of this too, and I got and I talked about Big Ben's leadership in previous episodes, but he's the quarterback and he's the quarterback. He's the guy that's got has won them two championships. A B had to go. A.B. had to go. This is not the Steelers' mantra. This is not what the Steelers are all about. It's not. Throughout the 70s, the Steelers won Super Bowls with Chuck Noll, four Super Bowls, with the Steel Curtain defense, with Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris, Lynn Swan, Stallworth. They won Super Bowls with that, with, with that Steel Curtain defense. And Terry Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw leading the way with Chuck Noll. They won four titles. This is just what the Steelers are about. Bill Coward. They don't. They were still still pretty good in nineties, two thousands. They've been good with Mike Tomlin under Mike Tomlin winning a, a, a Super Bowl title. That's just not what the Steelers are about. 
They have a competent front office, competent owner. They have the Steelers probably have one of the best fan bases fan bases in the league. That what we saw from last year from the Pittsburgh Steelers wasn't the Pittsburgh Steelers. It wasn't. Legendary coaches, that just wasn't. That just wasn't them. All the distractions, all of the chatter, all of the drama, all of the dysfunction, that just didn't sound like the stiller history of the past 40 years. So, is, you know, I've been hearing, hey, you know, Antonio Brown is now the Raiders' problem. Is Antonio Brown really a problem for the Raiders? I mean, look at the Raiders. The Raiders have been the total opposite of the Steelers. Dysfunctional. Lack winning, lack leadership. Coaching sucks. They fire a coach every other year. They have now John Gruden, who is, uh, I mean, he's great for television. But the, I, I found that a questionable hire last year. When they hired Gruden, when he's been away from the game so long, the game has changed. So is Antonio Brown really a bad thing for the for the for the Raiders? No, he fits right in with the with the dysfunction, all the dysfunction, all the distractions, all the disorder. It blends right in perfectly with the Raiders. That's with that's that's what the Raiders have been since I've been born. The Raiders haven't been Ken Stabler. In those 70s and 80s Raider teams. Rest in peace to the late great Al Davis. But once he's passed. One, and even when he was the owner. The Raiders were, de- they were declining. So Antonio Brown's mess. And the Raiders mess. Goes right together. It blends in perfectly. No ifs, ands, or buts. The Raiders mess and the and the still they blend right in perfectly. It's a perfect match. I talked about matches last year. I mean, the the, the last podcast, pre- previous podcast, I talked about perfect matches. <laughs> and fits Antonio Brown fits with the Raiders. He didn't fit with the Steelers. That's why the Steelers. Like I don't know if you guys realize, and I know, I know you know you guys love Antonio Brown. The the fantasy lovers, fantasy f- football players, they love Antonio Brown. He picks up big numbers, great. But you realize Antonio Brown got traded for a third round and a fifth round pick. But Odell Beckham, and you guys tell me, you most some of you guys, most probably most of you guys would tell me that Antonio Brown right now is a better receiver than Odell Beckham. But Odell Beckham was traded for a first-round pick. Antonio Brown's value in the league, as far when it was time to trade him, wasn't that high. It's due to his, it's due to his antics. His antics. He had red flags come out of college. Ryan Clark, former teammates, red flag. He had he had warned the Steelers basically. Hey, if you pay this guy, he's gonna go. He's gonna go bananas. He's gonna go berserk. He's gonna change him. And this is just what it has what it has become. So the the, the Raiders it, is 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 Antonio Brown's mess and foot problems and helmet debacle is that an issue for the Raiders? No, it's not going to issue. It's not going to bring neg- negativity because the Raiders are the negativity. They are the, the Raiders are the negativity. 
They are the dysfunction. So bringing more dysfunction, it won't hurt because it's already a dysfunctional setting in Oakland. They didn't even, they, the Raiders didn't even know what stadium, what venue they were going to be playing in this, this season. They didn't even know. They, they're just now confirming that they're going to be at the Oakland Coliseum. They're going to be at the Coliseum, the Oakland, at the Oakland Coliseum. They're just, they're just, convert, they're just confirming that. <laughs> like, they didn't even know a couple months ago where they, where, where, what venue that the eight, the eight home games were going to take place. They were still disputing where we're going to play. So the dysfunction, it blends right in with Antonio Brown. Or Antonio Brown blends right in with the dysfunctional Oakland Raiders. He was traded for a third-round pick. And the helmet issue is so childish. The helmet, I mean, I get it. You, you, you got comfort. But I, I, I've gotten some extra details behind this change of the helmet. And it sounds... Babyish, it sounds it sounds childish because it is. I've gotten extra details that Antonio Brown was aware of the change of the helmet years years prior to the actual change and alterations actually happening. Now it's a problem. He he tried to sneak into Raider camp with the older fat the old fashioned helmet. And he painted. He actually painted it the Raiders colors, and he tried to get it in the. Ca- what are you doing, dude? What the hell are you doing? It's just not smart. It's just not smart. It's just not smart. In the NFL, there's a there's about a, there's about two thousand players in the NFL. You do fifty three times thirty two. There's about a high end about nineteen hundred players, about two thousand players in NFL. Round to the nearest hundred, nearest thousand, it's two thousand players in the NFL, just about. And you know, the NFL that you know, they did the safety helmet, uh, they did the helmet change and alterations for safety purposes due to the the, the discoveries and the advance and advancements and the findings of CTE concussions. You know, they had former players suing them. The NFL had former players suing them millions of dollars or their families due to their deaths, like Junior Seau, or due to trauma injuries that former players have suffered. Now, they said, okay, we're going to get new helmets that are clear, that are clear in safety for safety, safety issues, safety reasons. Why is that, why, why is that a problem? Why, why can't you just make the change? Brady and Rodgers had to change. Every, just a lot, a lot of players had to change. Antonio Brown, out of 2,000 players in the league, Antonio Brown is the only single one, the only single one that said, hey, you know, I, I just can't do this. This helmet, I can't do it. And he, he threatened to retire. He threatened to sit out. You're not going to sit out. You're not going to, like, just give up $30 million because of a helmet, right? Are you? Yeah, he came back to Raider camp. He's he's fine. He's not gonna. He, I yeah. I I I I know he was going crazy, but I knew I know he wasn't going that crazy. Where he sit out a year or retire, basically, and waste thirty million dollars over a helmet. No, 
I know you wasn't going to do that. I know you wasn't going to do that. And this is why I'm so hesitant to pay Zeke. Like, when you pay, when these stars and these superstars have troubling issues, you know, off the field issues, and they, and they have antics that they often show you guys, or that show that that show teams that their antics, or they they show teams they have off the field issues, and they're so good where you have to pay them. Necessary, you know, in sports terms. Well, when you when you pay them the big time money, it the money only makes them worse. It only makes them worse. It only makes them worse. And Antonio Brown is a perfect situation. He's a perfect example of this, of this topic that I'm discussing. He's a perfect example. And now you're talking. And now Zeke wants money, where he he, he still has two years left on his deal. He wants money, but coming out of Ohio State, his dad said, "Hey." My, my 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 son is not a he's not ready to be an NFL superstar yet. And Lord behold, the Dallas Cowboys drafted him. He he gets drafted to the Yankees of football. He gets drafted to the Cowboys. The Cowboys are the most valued franchise in sports. And his dad said, Hey, 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 my son is not ready to be a pro. He's not ready to be a star. He's not ready to be a star professional athlete. Then he has the judicial, he has his judicial uh, situations, his first few years. I mean, this year, I mean, this offseason. He's, he's had issues every offseason. Speeding tickets, accidents, the, the, the women problem, the women issues, the women problems, the conflicts. Then the, the domestic violence that I, I didn't necessarily agree with the NFL actions, to how, to, how they handled it, but that's neither here nor there. That's not the point. The point is that he has off-the-field issues. He continued to find himself in these off-the-field dramas, these, mis, these mishaps. He, he finds his way into trouble. And that is my problem with Mr. Elliott right here. And this is why, if, you, if I'm Jerry Jones... If I'm if I'm upstairs in the cowboy, I'm in, I'm worried to pay Zeke big time money. This is why, and I'm looking at Antonio Brown. I'm looking at I'm looking how it's panned out. You know, I, I you, some of you guys probably were thinking I was crazy that I said, hey, looking at all the off the field issues and problems that Zeke bring, all the headaches that he bring, all the baggage that he carries. I would trade him. And I know some of you guys are like, oh, whoa, you would trade the Cowboys' best offensive player? Absolutely. Absolutely. Running backs come, come in a dime and a dozen. And I know, you know, you know, they say, oh, well, Zeke, he fits this Cowboy team. Yeah, but with all the baggage issue, issues and he's two, he has two years left on his deal, why, why am I paying that? Why am I paying that? Why am I paying that? I'm gonna get into the Cowboys and what I think they should do. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that because I, I don't think I've provi- I don't think I've provided an a, like a a great example of what I would do if I was in Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones' position. Um, but I get to that shortly. But this Antonio Brown situation, 
it totally fits who the Raiders are. So, no, I don't think it hurts the Raiders. It does not. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. His antics that he's bringing to the Raiders, it doesn't hurt them because this is just who they are. This is who the Raiders have become. And I hope Raider Nation don't get mad at me, but this is just who you guys this is who you guys are. Last time the Raiders made it to the playoffs was 2002. It's almost 18 almost 18 years ago. Terrible. Terrible. And then you add and you then you add Antonio Brown <laughs> with John Gruden. <laughs> John Gruden, hey, some of these moves that John Gruden and May and Mike May Mike Mike Mayock have made this year, it, it hasn't made sense to. I mean, looking at what they had said, and if, you know, they're like, hey, we're not gonna overpay for guys. They make their left tackle the highest paid left tackle in the league, Trent Brown. They make trick. They say, "Hey, the Raiders said Mike Mike Mayock and, and John Gruden. They like, hey, we're not gonna overpay for guys. We're not gonna overpay for guys. We're just gonna we're not gonna overpay for guys. They overpay Trent Brown left at left tackle. We all we all know Trent Brown is not the best left tackle in football. They make him the be- they make him the highest paid left tackle in football. Okay, they're not gonna overpay guys. They did it again. Hey, we're not going after superstars. We're not." Oh, AB's on the market? Mm, we'll get AB. You have a superstar. A diva one at that. Like, I don't know what it is with the Raiders and John Gruden. I I I saw it as a mess. I saw it as a mess when they fired John when they I mean when they hired John Gruden. I, I he I, I I didn't necessarily agree with agree with the move. But you know, John Gruden, he's a very good TV personality. Um, if you can catch him on Hard Knocks, he's very good on Hard Knocks. Very good. But that's, that's what he does. That's what John is. That's what John Gruden do. That's what he do. He did a great job at, he did a, he, he did a hell of a job at Monday Night Football. And he's doing a good job at Hard Knocks. But as the, Raiders, as the Oakland Raiders coach, he hasn't, he hasn't done his thing. And I, I look for them to struggle again this year. The Raiders will not be good this year. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. So uh, is AB bringing negative? No, he's not. Because they're already they're, they're already negative. They're already dysfunctional. It's just more. This is a little bit more dysfunction now that they have, you know, Diva Antonio Brown. You know, it's just a little bit more dysfunction. That's all. That's all. That's that's all it is. That's all it is. So, you know, I, I'm just, and then I look at Zeke and his situation. I'm like, whew, this Zeke has some A-B potential right here where he gets paid and he just goes bonkers. <laughs> he goes bonkers. So, I, you know, <sighs> I know the Steelers fans. I know Steelers looking like the Steelers are looking like. Oh my gosh! I'm glad we moved off of him. I'm glad we moved off of AB because he bring he has so much baggage. And I think the I'm going to talk about the Steelers too. The Steelers, I think they make a good move. They 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 they. they I think they turn back into what they are known for with their fan base. I think their fan bases see a team that they realize and recognize. 
from previous years and previous decades, previous eras. I think they see that type of Steeler team. This AB mess is crazy, though. It's, it's, it's absolutely horrible. It's, it's childish actions, childish acts. It's, it's just bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's just bad. Bad, 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 bad antics. Come on. Grow up. Um, so, let's move on. Um, I want to talk about my breakout teams. Um, I know I, I mentioned my Super Bowl bubble. I gave you guys my Super Bowl bubble um, on teams that I think are playoff bound, but can also, I can see that team making a, a Super Bowl run. I gave you a few of those teams from both respective conferences, the AFC and the NFC. Um, it's going to be good. It's, it's going to be, the NFC is going to be a, a, a goodie. I can't wait to watch some NFC football. Um, so I'm just going to give you, this is about my, this is going to be about four teams where I give you guys, uh, I think these are going to be, these are going to be my breakout teams. I think these teams are going to surprise a lot of people. Um, when I say breakout, I think they're going to do a lot better than what some people have them doing. Um, yeah, let's start at the top. So my first breakout team is going to be the 49ers. I think the 49ers, I love how, I love, I mean, and I, like I said, it's preseason. I don't take much away from it. But I just love the personnel that they have offensively and defensively in certain units. I saw some of the weapons and how they played um, with C.J. Befford. And they look good with C.J. Befford. So I can only imagine that with Jimmy Garoppolo, um, along with Kyle Shanahan, the, ma- the offensive mastermind that he is as well. Uh, I, I love I absolutely love their weapons. I love I love the little young core pieces that they have in place. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be really good. They're gonna be really exciting to watch. I also I also enjoy and I thought it was very wise of them that John Lynch is doing a great job. Uh, I, it was very wise of them. They got DeForest Buckner on their D end on their D line. They have Nick Bosa. Hopefully he can get back healthy. He's kind of a health Concern probably got some red flags because he had a hernia problem at Ohio State. Then he comes in, he, he he you know he missed most of the season at Ohio State. Then he gets hurt again. He won't be playing the preseason. So it, 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 I, he has a lot of upside. Nick Bosa has a lot of upside. That family, that whole Bosa family of football, 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 it's just great. Dad played in football. Joey, his big brother, plays for the Chargers. Um, all pro. Uh, pass rusher. So I, I like what they have on their D line, the Forrest Buckner. They have some other guys that they have picked up in free agency. I like the moves. I like I like San Francisco moves. Um, they play in a they're gonna they they play in a tough conference in a tough division. I I love see I like with Seattle. Seattle I I give Seattle a chance. Um, this they're gonna be they're gonna be relevant and good regardless because they have Russell Wilson and Pete Curl leading the way, along with Bobby Wagner. I think they're I think they're good regardless. I think they could they'd be like a nine and seventeen nine and seventeen. Um so about the 49ers. I love what they have. Um I, I haven't literally checked their schedule, but the 49ers, look for them. Those that's one of my breakout teams. I would not be surprised if the 49ers can flip the switch and win possibly nine games or go ten and six. 
you know, everybody loved the Rams. I love the Rams, too. I love the Rams with Jared Goff and Todd Gurley and Sean McVay and Aaron Donald. But be on the lookout for the 49ers. Be on the lookout for the 49ers. Um, next, the Steelers. The Steelers are really underdogs in their division. Um, they're, they're, for the last few for I mean, just about for the Steelers' existence, all their fans know is win, and they look at the other three teams in their division, and they look at them as inferior. This year, some could make the case that, you know, the Browns, you know, a lo- a, you know America loved the Browns, um, and the Brown, everybody's rooting for the Browns. So, the Browns, you know, some, some most people have them winning the division, the, the AFC North. You know, I, I, like I told you guys about the Browns. They can win a division at 10-6. and six. But I can also see them going nine and seven, sneaking in at a wild as a wild card. That is not out the question as well. I think that is more likely to happen. But I give you my final division predictions and playoff predictions when the season approaches in September. Um, but the Steelers, I think they get back to playing Steelers football. I think with them getting rid of the headaches or in all the in all the baggage. With Le'Veon Bell and, and Abe Antonio Brown, who we just got done talking about, I, with them getting rid of those guys, and yeah, they still have Ben. Big Ben was a problem as well, but he's the quarterback. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think the Steelers have a bounce back year. I think they get back to Stiller football. Um, they have James Conner. Uh, you know, people say they don't like the weapons that they have. I like the I, I I like some of the young pieces that they have. Uh, James Washington, look for him to have a breakout year too. If you're in a if you're in a fantasy football league and you think you're looking for a guy, you know those top receivers are gone or the notable receivers are gone. Look for James Washington because he's I think he's a, he's a vertical threat. I think he's more physically gifted than Juju Smith-Schuster. So look for James Washington. If you're looking for a receiver, a notable, if you if all the notable receivers are gone, look at James Washington as an option. I think he's going to have a good year. James Conner, I think, you know, he's going to develop into a better back. He was all he was he had 12 touchdowns in what, 12 games last year. So, I think his development will even get, will get better. They have a still have one of the best O-lines in football. And I think Mike Tomlin with not so many distractions around and them getting younger on defense. I think this gives Mike Tomlin the opportunity and the chance to make that defense better. Uh, because let's be honest, that's what that's what's on on the field wise. That's that's what's been holding the Steelers back for years now. Their defense. I, I you know the, a lot of people you know go on their defense and rant about their defense. I thought at times. Their defense played well down the stretch of the season last year. And, excuse me, and they showed signs and spurts where they could be a pretty good defense. Young, a lot of young guys on the defense, on the unit, but they showed spurts of being a good defense. I saw it against New England where it was a must-win game at Pittsburgh. They beat New England. They beat Tom Brady. And their defense was a big part of that. I like what I saw from their defense. But, you know, some people say, oh, their defense cost them down the stretch. And it did, but 
I saw spurts where Mike Tomlin could take those guys, that that eleven man core that he has. He takes those guys. He develops them more, and he has more time to focus. Actually, focus on the defense, his calling card, and that that's his calling card, defense. So I, the Steelers, they're they're my, they're gonna be my breakout team, my surprise team, quote unquote. They're gonna be my team. We they're, they're gonna be my team. They're gonna be one of my teams where I think they're gonna surprise a lot of people. A lot of people are c- counting out the Steelers because of the superstar power that the Browns have. A lot of people are counting them out, but I think the Steelers can easily. I think not gonna say easily, but I think the Steelers can go nine and seven. I, I I'm gonna predict that the Steelers go nine and seven or ten and six. I think they're right in that range. I think they split with. I, I, uh, I'm going to project that they split with the Browns. I think one run. I think both teams will win at home, but I think they have split with the Browns. I think it can go ten, nine and seven, nine and seven, ten and six, and maybe sneak in as a wild card. I can, I can absolutely see that being a possibility and happening. Um, next, the Jets. The Jets are my, they're going to be my surprise team. Another one of my surprise teams, breakout teams. Uh, they play in the AFC East. I don't think they're going to win the AFC East, barring any injuries. If Tom Brady goes down, okay, then maybe we can have the discussion. Maybe. Maybe we can have the discussion. But the Patriots, are gonna, they're going to win the AFC East, but I think the Jets are going to be second. I think the Jets, I think this is their year. The, the, the Dolphins... You know, you really don't really see this for NFL teams, but they're tanking and they're horrible. They're they're going through a little rough patch right now down there in Miami. The Buffalo Bills, some could argue that they have probably the worst absolute roster in football. So I I see this as a season, a year for the Jets to finish second in the AFC East. Um, I I can see them being a seven-win team or eight-win team. I don't. I don't think I would go no higher than eight, but seven and nine, eight and eight. I think that's reasonable for the Jets. You know, they they. they I love Sam Donald. They don't talk much about Sam Donald on here, but I I like Sam Donald. I I, I you know coming out of the draft, I actually liked him more, a little bit more um, than Baker, and that was due to some of Baker antics. But I just like I I like Sam I like Sam Donald, the quarterback, well clean cut guy. You know, answers. He says all the right things. Provides good leadership. He has that flair as well, but it's in a good way. And I like him. I, I think Sam Donald takes the next step. And they put they put around some some, some nice little weapons that they have. They went after Jameson Crowder, um, former Redskin receiver, slot receiver, slot guy, one of those slot speedy guys. Um, they got him in free via free agency. And of course, they're make they're mega signing. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, I think he'll have around 400, 500 touches this year where he runs the ball, he's going to catch the ball, he's going to be he's going to be Sam Donald's best friend, I think. And with all that, to, I, I, I just have the Jets having a good season this year. They have a nice, they usually do have a solid defense. Um, they have Jamal Adams. He's just, he's a monster. Jamal Adams is a monster. He's one of those young safeties that that's going to, Wrecked the league for a long time. He's he's raw. He's he's great. Um, so I, I see the Jets having a good season this year. Eight and eight, seven and nine, possibly, and they're finishing second in the AFC East. I like that for the Jets. 
Next, I'm going to say the Panthers. I was very hard on Cam, but, you know, his resume shows, hey, after Cam has a bad, struggling season like he did last year, the Panthers usually come back better than ever, and they go to the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying the Panthers are going to go to the playoffs this year, but I would it surprise me if the Panthers can come out come out to a quick start, you know, Atlanta's probably, you say if Atlanta's struggling, and the Saints still having that NFC um, championship hangover with the call, say, you know, say if they're, you know, not looking the same or they're looking average the first few weeks and the Panthers come out striking and they start 5-2. and two. The Panthers, I can see them being a 9-7, 10-16. I can see that. I can possibly see that. Um... I'm just very hesitant with Cam. Cam is very inconsistent, but I th- I think he come back and have a good year this year. I think he comes back and have a good year this year. Um, you know, I was very tough on Cam, and I'm going to continue to be tough on Cam if he shows the same production that he has been showing. Uh, I'm going <laughs> that's just what I'm going to do. I, Cam, like I said, Cam is talented. Cam is very talented, but when it comes to consistency and or lack thereof. And, and winning, and him be- becoming a quarterback, a throw, a better thrower, an accurate pinpoint passer in this league, I'm going to continue to get on Cam Newton. I'm going to continue to get on Cam Newton. So for now, those are my four breakout surprise teams that I think is going to surprise the league. Um, I'm I was. I, I was gonna throw the Vikings in here, but I'm just not so I'm not so I'm not sold on them yet. They have Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. I'm just not sold. I love their roster. I love their roster. Their roster their roster is one of the best in the league, actually. But they have Kirk Cousins at quarterback. But I know you're getting tired of the butts, but but <laughs> Dalvin Cook comes back. They have a better O-line. He he had a good December last year. I think they're going to be – they have Gary Kubiak. So, Gary Kubiak, he's run heavy. So, I don't think they're going to be rel- more – like, I don't think they're going to be as reliant as on Kirk Cousins to win them games like they were last year. Like, they threw the ball a lot last year. And they have a, they have some good weapons around them. Kyle Rudolph, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. So, Rightfully so, but I don't think Kirk Cousins is that quarterback where you just give him the ball and you say, hey, go out there and win me the game, and at the end of the season, hoping, expecting to be a playoff team. No, I think you've got to provide Kirk Cousins with a running game, get a healthy defense, a better O-line now, a strong O-line now. Then I think things will... I think games become more winnable, and I think you'll see a similar Minnesota team from uh, the previous year with Case Keenum. So those are going to be my breakout teams for 2019-2020. Those are going to be my breakout teams in the NFL. Um, I think the Steelers make the playoffs, the 49ers uh, borderline, Panthers, I don't know, uh, borderline. But those are my breakout teams. I think those are my teams where I think they're going to surprise a lot of people how good they are. They're going to surprise a lot of people how good they are. I think Sam Donald, he takes the next step in his quarterback progression. Um, Yeah, that's what I have. So I told you guys I was going to talk about the Cowboys situation. 
Um, if I'm Jerry Jones with the three, the big three, the big three on offense, Dak, Zeke, and Amari Cooper. Um, this is what I'm doing. Okay. I'm signing Dak. That you know, you know what you're getting from Dak. Dak is gonna be available. He's gonna win you games. He's able. He's gonna bring. He's gonna bring leadership. He brings up certain poise that you need. Just that you just need at the quarterback position. So, excuse me. I'm gonna pay Dak. Um, it's gonna cost you a lot. It's gonna cost the Cowboys a lot. And I'm willing to pay Dak. I'm willing to pay Dak. But. It will have to be in the 32, 33 range, probably, because I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spend, I'm not gonna pay Dak 40 million. No, 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 I, uh, no, that's not happening. I'm not paying Dak 40 million, but I will be willing to pay 32, 33, maybe even 34, because if the Cowboys were to franchise tag Dak Prescott, Dak would be. It would be in that 32 range. It would be that the, the franchise tag would be in a 32 range. And I really don't like the NFL, like, hard cap that they have, the hard, the hard salary cap that they have. The NBA has so many more ways to remove her around uh, contract negotiations and issues where salary cap issues where you can remove her around and it's, it's, a soft, it's a soft cap and it's, flux, it's flexible. But this 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 hard cap in NFL is just hard. You got a remover, and if you pay your big time quarterback, your franchise quarterback, quote unquote, then you 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 know that compromise that compromises you that compromises you for years to come at other positions of need. Like you can't sign your pass rushers, your secondary it's not as good, or your O line is not as good to protect your franchise quarterback. Um, Dallas has all that in set. They have that in play. They have their offensive line. Um, they re- they have to resign Byron Jones. Um, they got to keep that young that young two that young tandem that they have at the linebacking core with Jalen with Jalen Smith and Vanderish the Wolf Hunter. They have to keep those two and they have to keep those two intact along with Byron Smith. And they got Demarcus Lawrence on the D line already. He's taken care. Of, he's taken care of, but. You know, when you when it's just very difficult. The NFL makes it dirt, very difficult with their salary cap, where you you pay your your compromise basically when you pay your franchise quarterback, and you just have to hope that he's good enough to overcome some of these issues. And I think we can all agree that Dak is not good enough, or Dak hasn't shown where he can go out there and the Cowboys can say, okay, give you the keys, okay, there you go. Now you lead us to victory. Despite if the defense isn't playing well, you still have to lead us to victory. If Zeke is not running the football well, you still have to lead us to victory. I haven't seen much of those moments, if any, from Dak. Where usually when Dak is at his best and when the Cowboys are at their best, especially offensively, it's where that defense is not on the field. It's, 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 flying, for the, it's flying all around the place, attacking the ball. That's usually when the Cowboys defense is at its best. They're not on the field for 30 Five plus minutes during the game. Cowboys running that football. Zeke is running well. He's getting first downs. He's chopping up the yards, and that makes it much easier on Dax. Dak's position or job. Um, this Dak needs all of that. Dak needs all of that, and this I mean, uh, you got but you gotta pay him. 
And it's just the market where the market is, the 32, 34 range. That's just where the market is. You have to pay. You have Dak is next up. Dak is next up on the market. And you got to pay that. Got to pay it. Cowboys have the money. They have to pay it. Um, Amari Cooper, I would wait on Amari Cooper. Um, I would franchise tag him. I would franchise tag Amari Cooper. Uh, it's probably the franchise tag will probably be a little, a little more. It, it, it'll probably be a little bit more worth. It'll probably be a little bit more than what he's actually worth. But I think that's fine. And Zeke, you know what I said about Zeke. You either pay him or trade him. The Cowboys figure out a way to either pay Ezekiel Elliott or trade him. I. You know, you have to do something. You got to do something with this guy. This guy, you know, I, like I told you guys early in the pod, I was mentioning and I brought up Antonio Brown's issues right now in Oakland. I, I told you guys about his issues with the helmet and then where he gets money. There were red flags. And with Zeke's problem and issues off the field, his judicial issues and the, the women issues that he has had to encounter, it, 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 it screams red flags. It screams red flags. And, you know, you give Zeke more money, what do you think he's going to do? So it's like when you pan all three of these guys, it's like that. It's like that one dad that says ice cream for breakfast. When you're paying all these all these dudes top dollar, and it's not that Dak and Amari Cooper has all the field issues because they don't. But when you're just paying all these guys, it's like that. It's like that one dad that says, "Okay, ice cream and cake for breakfast." Like no, no, it's just disorderly, and I just don't know what to say about Zeke. And I like Zeke as a player. I think he's phenomenal. I, I, the Cowboys got, they took a lot of heat for taking or for not taking Joey Bosa at four instead of taking a running back at four. You, you know, you thought the, thought the Giants got heat for taking Saquon at two. Giant, the Cowboys got heat previous, two, two previous years ago for taking heat for taking Zeke at four. And you know, the red the the father gave us red flags. Zeke after uh, after an Ohio State loss, he called out the coaching staff because he didn't he felt felt that he didn't get enough touches. Then the off the field issues. So these are just all red flags, screaming red flags, screaming red flags, where you're like, ah, I gotta pay this guy. If I pay this guy hundreds of millions of dollars, what what is he going to do? What is he going to do? What is he going to do? So, I just said there's more money, more problems. Um, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones have a very tough decision. And this is where I think the Philadelphia's, uh, eventually Kansas City, the Rams... I think this is where they separate themselves, and I often say, when when I was discussing when I when I was discussing Pittsburgh to a listener, because the, the 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 listener was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and I had to tell him, don't get too down on your the on the situation right now, because you know you, you everybody's rooting for the Browns, everybody 
is predicting that the Browns or projecting that the Browns win division. And I'm like, who has the best front offense in the division? And the and the listener was like, the Steelers. Who has the best coach in the division? Not first year Freddie Kitchens, right? He's like, no, Mike Tomlin, the Steelers. And who has the best quarterback in the division? Roethlisberger. Right, the Steelers. You have a future. You have a future Hall of Fame coach, a future Hall of Fame quarterback, and a competent, well-managed owner and GM. And GM. You have all that going for you. I look. I, I, I look at Philly. Philly got the GM. They got the owner. They got Doug Peterson. They got Carson Wentz. I, when you have those four going for you, you are that. That is the where you have a four like that, and it's about a. That's an a four because you know some people were a little hesitant on Carson Wentz. I'm sold on Carson Wentz. He just has to stay healthy. But I'm I'm sold on Carson Wentz, and I know he don't have playoff. No playoff resume, and you don't know if he can actually lead the Eagles to the playoffs or further into the playoffs or win playoff games. I get that. Okay. Fair. Fair. But what I saw from the second year and the progression from the first to the second year, I saw improvement. And I saw MVP-type numbers. I saw MVP-type performances. So I'm, I'm, I'm buying Carson Wentz. I'm buying Doug Peterson. I love the, I love the Eagles' front office. I look at Philly. I look. I look at Philly, and I'm like, you know, you, you didn't even know nothing. You didn't hear nothing about the Carson Wentz deal. And I think it'll be the same way in Kansas City. Front office, Andy Reid, one of the best offensive masterminds, one of the offensive masterminds in the game, and Patrick Mahomes, the best young quarterback in football. When it's time for Patrick Mahomes to get paid. You're not going to hear a word about it. I don't think you're going to hear a word about it. It's going to be similar right to Philly. It's just going to be the report. Hey, Carson Wentz got paid. Hey, Patrick Mahomes got paid. You're not going to hear about. You're not going to. You're not going to hear about all these discussions with Zeke going sitting down and Dak. Hey, I want this. And then you know, Mark Cooper hasn't said nothing. He's just going to play. But you got Zeke sitting down in another country, you know. And in all fairness, to play devil's advocate, per se, they are the Cowboys. They are America's team. It's Dallas. It's Jerry Jones. They always have been loud. Their stuff always leaks. You know? You know what I'm saying? It's just... It's the Yankees, it's the Lakers, it's the Cowboys. <laughs> They're at the upper echelon. So, you know, in their fairness, it's America's team, their most valued franchise in sports. Of course, there's going to be a lot of rumbling and drama and talks when it comes to having to pay their superstar players. Of course. Of course, those talks are going to be out loud. Of course, there's going to be some leakage. Of course. But I think the Cowboys 
should have handled it a better way. New England, you don't. Yeah, Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, Brady. When you have those three, I like what they have. Um, the Rams, I like. I like their front office. I like Sean McVay and I like Jerry Goff. I just think they have some contracts where you know they might have they might have overpaid for Brandon Cooks. They already had some weapons and some represent receivers there, even if they couldn't resign Brandon Cooks. But they resigned Brandon Cooks and they paid Todd Gurley early, and then he got hurt. So it's like, uh, but the Rams are still, I, I think the Rams are going to be one of the best teams. If not, you could make an argument, the best team in the NFC. But I think that crown is belongs to the Eagles. But I think the Rams are right behind them as the second favorite coming out the NFC East. I mean, the, the NFC, period. Excuse me. I like what they have. Next episode, I promise, or I didn't necessarily promise, but next episode, I'll be discussing, or the next few episodes down the line, um, I will be discussing the DCIAA, the High School Football League, within DCPS. I'll be discussing them, um, what I think about my own school, um, provide my expertise Maybe give may give you guys some projections. Um, I wanted to talk about Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers, but you know it's kind of getting late. Long podcast. I talk about Andrew Luck um, and Aaron Rodgers. The next podcast. Um, I hope you guys liked the intro. I thought it was just something new. I throw in something new. Fifteenth episode. Thank you guys for listening. Um, continue to support. Continue to listen. Um, I got this quote too. I haven't did my quote thing. You know. I want to leave you guys. I always want to be able to leave you guys with a quote. And it's the quote. Most things are worth doing. Most things that are worth doing are difficult. Most things that are worth doing are difficult. Um, you can let that sink. You can, you know, you can take that. And you can use it to your disposal as you want and as you like. Um, So I just want to start, leave you guys with quotes. But thank you for continuing to listen and bear my voice. Um, Keep me in your prayers. Thank you for listening once again. (laughs) This is the 15th episode. You guys are doing a great job with clicking the podcast. Keep clicking it. Keep click clicking, clicking, click, keep kill clicking away. Click away. Keep clicking away. Um I see you guys. I don't know the next time I podcast, but it's gonna be soon. <laughs> I'll probably podcast tomorrow. Thank you guys for listening, and I'm 